immediately after the drop of episode 24 of the Marcel Sports Podcast, Life and Times of Kobe Bryant. We are here. I'm your host, Tyler Jones. Welcome back. So good to have you here. It's almost like I saw you a couple minutes ago after you listened to episode 24, because I really think you should. It was awesome. We compiled a series of perspectives, uh, that being Jaqueline Q. Gilbreth of the TWU men's basketball team, as well as Jazz Singh, leading scorer for SFU men's basketball. We grew up playing a lot of basketball together as we went to high school and played club, as well as my cousin, Brendan McKillop, who saw the Michael Jordan era as well as the Kobe Bryant era uh, transitioning now into the NBA's reign of LeBron James. So that was also a really good segment, as well as Luke Retry. So make sure you check that out. But for this episode, we're going to be focusing now on episode 25. We are a quarter of the way to 100. Hopefully we can get there. At the end at the end of this episode, there is a very special announcement uh, that might actually hint towards the chances of this making its way to episode 100, hopefully one day. So before you go back and listen to episode 24, because you probably haven't yet, you should probably just stay on this one. Because episode 25 is a banger. We had Kyle Baker, of course, and Bailey Broadman, of course, to come in and talk some NHL trade deadline in review. So make sure you check that out. And that's going to be coming up right after we hear what Manny Dewsbury with the beats for us has to say first. everyone so for episode 25 of the mars hill sports podcast today we're going to be going through uh, a little bit of an nhl trade deadline uh review here so the trade deadline uh closed officially closed on monday february 24th we are recording on wednesday february 26th but first before we dive into anything else here we're gonna go and uh introduce our usual suspects they're not the, the usual hockey side specs. So first, of course, Mr. Kyle Baker in person today, not yeah. over the phone. Yeah, I'm back in. Usually, we usually do these podcasts on Monday. So I'm usually yeah. over over the phone. Yeah. Uh, but today, I'm happy to be here, excited to talk about the trade deadline. I think this is, I mentioned to you, I think this is probably one of the most exciting podcasts. Yeah. Not to say I haven't enjoyed each one immensely, Yeah. but I'm excited to do this one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always fun doing some trade deadline stuff, you so know, many moving moving pieces. You know, it's always bigger in the playoffs, and it's always bigger in the podcast world when Bailey Broadbent joins the show, too. Exactly, so that's a big <laughs> and that's a great segue into our phone-in guest. This is, this is your uh, first time phoning in, Bailey, but uh, Bailey, how are we doing? We're doing good. Thanks for uh, having me on the show again. I always love jumping on and a yeah. little different today, phoning in. But uh, like Kyle said, this is an exciting one after the trade deadline. And I might add, too, that it might have been one of the more exciting trade deadlines in uh, recent years. So yeah, uh, yes, sir. it's and, good to be and, on. And in the review episode, we were like, oh, this is going to be so boring. Like, Chris Kreider's the biggest name. but it doesn't even get moved. Yeah, I know. And an amazing deadline. Gets a nice contract, too. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah. 
anyways, so good having you guys on. And we're going to start with our hometown, Vancouver Canucks. We're going to dive right into the Tyler Toffoli trade. Uh, arguably one of the, maybe the most talented player uh, that was dealt at the trade deadline here. Oh, okay. So that's that's unarguably. I'm not. Don't quote me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, specifically saying that Toffoli is the man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, in in any circumstances here, but t- Tyler Toffoli is a very good NHL player. I, I'll start with that. Uh, Toffoli went to the Vancouver Canucks by himself, traded from the Los Angeles Kings. Kings received in return Tim Schaller. Uh, Canucks prospect Tyler Madden, a 2020 second round pick, meaning the Canucks will not have a draft pick uh, until the third round in the upcoming 2020 NHL draft, as well as a conditional fourth round pick, depending on whether he re-signs or not. So Bailey, I want to start with you here. What are your thoughts on the deal? I know a lot of people are saying it really hinges on whether to fully re-signs or not. But with the Canucks cap flexibilities, we don't really know how that's going to work or lack thereof regarding flexibility. But Bailey, let's hear your, your thoughts on the trade here. Yeah, I guess before I jump in on my thoughts on an extension for Toffoli, I'll just say I, I think I like the move from the get-go, um, the trade, whether it's a rental or a long-term kind of move for the Canucks. Uh, I, I didn't love it at first um, just because you know Tyler Madden was going the other way and I didn't really think this should be a year where – the Canucks necessarily buy or go all in. Um, but that being said, pretty shortly after it turned, you know, it came out that Besser was going to be out longer term um, and potentially, you know, into the playoffs. And so that kind of gave a little bit of clarity in the move. And yeah. uh, a lot of people really like the point of the fact that Tyler Madden was on the move and um, he's, he's a good prospect and people saying he's our seventh or eighth, eighth best prospect. I, I disagree. I think he was probably in the, in the four to five range, but okay. uh, we, we got a deep pool and, uh, and you know, you, when you have a deep pool, you can make moves like this. And um, this move softens the blow of Besser being out. And you've 100%. seen the, the short term return there, uh, you know, three goals and two assists in his first three games for the Canucks, a game winner. And uh, Toffoli has been great. And I, I like the move um, particularly for the reason that I, I thought he'd play with Horvat and Pearson. And he hasn't really been, uh, been playing with that line at all, but he's he's looked so good on that first line that I think even yeah. when Besser's back, uh, I don't think we're going to see Besser with Miller and Pedersen. So um, all in all, I'd say it's it's been an A, a move for for Jim Benning, and um, and I think that that's that goes to say with, without him re-signing or not, uh, um, you know that remains to be seen. But I think there's a chance he does. Uh, I think they can make it work if they make some moves. But regardless, I like the move uh, even just in the short term, and I think it's paying off, and we're seeing why. Yeah. I like I like that take. Um, yeah, you briefly mentioned uh, contract extension for Toffoli, but we're gonna go to Kyle quickly here. Uh, sure. I, I want to hear your thoughts on on this deal. Yeah, I got a few thoughts. Okay. You, you said it right off the top. Tyler Toffoli is a talented hockey player, and he's yeah. gonna fit in really well. And I, and I get why Jim Benning feels he needs to make this move. Right, he's dealing with some injuries. This is a team that's trying to make the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. And he feels like. I need to add, he looks at the board and he says, I need to add a top six player. Chris Kreider doesn't make any sense for us. No. Right? We just, it, it, what we would have to pay to get him, it doesn't make sense with where we are and what we're going to be able to pay come this summer because the price you were paying was building in that you were going to get to sign him. Yeah. So he goes out and gets probably the next best available winger that was yeah. moved. Um, 
into Foley, but he pays a steep price. Yeah. To me, he paid too steep of a price for me to give him an A grade on this deal. I'll give yeah, him, okay. I'm going to give him a B grade. Okay. And I think the Kings won this trade, but but it's easier to win the trade when you're the rebuilding team. Yeah. So I, I would say they won the deal, but at the same time, Vancouver didn't necessarily lose it. Um, I think Madden is possibly one of our three best prospects in the system. Um, Not anymore. Well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, to me... The idea that he was outside the top five is crazy. I think he may have been our third best prospect in the in the system. Right. Um, so, to me, that's a that's a significant piece that gets moved. It's one of the better prospects that gets moved during the deadline. It's probably the second best prospect that was moved, unless I'm missing something off the top of my head. I'm thinking the only one I'd put ahead would be Nolan Foot. Yeah. Um, Nolan Foot. Yeah, Nolan Foot's just slightly better to me, but. To me, he's the next best prospect that gets moved in this in this deal. Um, so so yeah, I, I think it's okay, but I think Vancouver did pay a steep price, and yeah, they gave up their first rounder. Now you're without a you're without a first rounder. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. It's uh, it's a bit it's a bit tricky for or, or sorry, you're without a second rounder. So now you're without a first and a second rounder. So yeah. We'll see. Foley's going to have to play good, and this team's got to make the playoffs, and then we can we can look at extension. But I know Beige wants to talk about that. Yeah, I think I, one thing adding on before uh, we get on to Bailey's uh, little speech for his, his <laughs> Tyler Toffoli extension here, uh, I think something I really that really like stuck out to me was like before the deadline, I'm like, oh man, like I do not. There is not a single bone in my body that wants to give up any part of this core or future core that the Canucks currently have and I think to a certain extent had now like Madden losing Madden he's a relevant prospect within that very very stacked like very stacked prospect pipeline is it super stacked I would say it's well-rounded I would say there's a lot of good names the fact that like forward heavy for sure yeah like, sorry, like, well-rounded, as in, like, I think it goes deep, especially in the forward category there. So getting rid of one of those forwards, sacrificing what could be uh, a pure rental is a bit of a bit of a risk for me. I'm not sure how I feel about the deal. Like, obviously, we have seen some immediate results. He's jumped into the lineup. He's yeah. played with Pedersen. He's played with JT Miller. He's done well. That being said, I'm... Still the mindset, I'm not entirely sure how I feel uh, just about the theme of adding another guy who's gonna, gonna like, management is gonna want to keep him around yeah. after yeah. after this season, whether he plays really well or not. But I, I think they're I, gonna look to resign him. I, he fits, I, yeah, fits well I, with the team. Yeah, exactly. So, Bailey, I want to hear your, uh, your extension talks here. Well, you know, I was thinking too, just the other day, I was thinking like maybe it works against the Canucks on, you know, extending him, their chances that is if he does really well, but then at the same time, you know, cause he might command more now on the open market if he uh, is a point per game player, but the Canucks are close to it. But, um, you know, that being said, I think th- there's a couple things I also did mention that I liked about this deal. One, I like that Jim Benning and, and the Canucks as a whole group, uh, they made this deal, you know, farther away from the deadline. They didn't make it on the day. I don't think they were necessarily bidding against a whole lot of other teams. Uh, and at the very least, you, you mitigate kind of that chance of bidding against other teams making this move earlier, right? You have less desperate teams uh, throwing more, I guess, assets in front of the Kings and uh, 
And so I did like that. It could have been worse. And I think at the deadline, we saw higher prices for players that aren't as good as DeFoley. Um, and I want to get to that because uh, Goudreau was on the move and not the Johnny one. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, but that being said, too, um, I think the, the, what I like about this, too, is that, you know, you're showing that there could be a mutual benefit to an extension here with Toffoli playing so well with Besser and Pedersen, or sorry, with uh, Miller and Pedersen. Uh, you know, there's a chance that he realizes, hey, maybe I'll take a little bit less and, and stick on a team that I've meshed really well with over yeah. the last uh, couple of months. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes. And uh, I'm sure he'll create a bit of a bond with this team. And, you know, but uh, but that being said, I, I really have liked the move and I didn't love it at the start, but I've, I've started to it's really grown on me. And uh, yeah. And one one other thing to add to he's he's to has got to be at least a five million dollar player. Yes. And so his last deal at four point six AAV. So that's going to be at least five million. And you got to think if they want to extend him or at least are thinking about it, there's going to have to be some movement there. Uh, I've seen a little bit of chatter on Twitter that maybe a Pearson could go um, just to free up some space. And I think that would probably be a smart move. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. And, and I think there's more things to come from the Canucks this summer um, with Toffoli. Yeah, a big, uh, a, a big reason why the Canucks actually don't have a draft pick until the third round this season this uh, this upcoming NHL draft is because of the Tampa Bay Lightning in that JT Miller trade which the Vancouver Canucks have benefited very much off of this season but we actually saw that uh that pick that Canucks first round pick conditional head to New Jersey alongside a highly touted prospect in Nolan Foot for Blake Coleman. So, obviously, immediate responses uh, on this deal are like, okay, Coleman's a great player. He has a lot of different aspects to his game. He's quite gritty. He can score goals, has some offensive upside. In addition to that, he has a great contract for a team that doesn't exactly uh, a Tampa Bay team that doesn't exactly have the cap flexibility that they would like to have uh, come trade deadline as they are obviously making a push for the Stanley Cup this season. So Kyle, I want to hear your initial thoughts on this Blake Coleman deal. Like what do you think how much do you think this was impacted by his contract? Let's let's open up with that. Sure, I think massively. I think this is a hockey this is a hockey deal for them. Uh, they get to add a player like Coleman, who's on a cheap contract, making one point eight million dollars this year and next. Yeah, and you get some. You get a nice player who can play all three positions up front, and he fits fits well with their group. And um, he's cost controlled for one more year, which is so hard to find. So, I think for them, it was a perfect fit, and that's where they felt comfortable parting with two really nice assets. Hundred percent. You know, they part with what will probably is leaning towards being a first round pick in the twenties at this point. Yeah, and then they part with with a really nice prospect. I arguably their best prospect. Uh, one of them for sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to think about it for a second because usually Tampa's got something sneaky. Yeah, in they're the, uh, able to always kind of find these gems for sure. In the draft. And they they did that consistently under um, well when Eiserman was the GM, they yeah. did that consistently, but. The thing with foot, I've seen foot play live personally, probably at least a half a dozen times. Yeah, he like he's a really talented player and mm-hmm. he's a great scorer and I, he's I, big too. Yeah, and he's big. NHL to size. Me, I looked at him as a guy that like 
maybe needs one year of seasoning because he's he's gonna be he's gonna age out of junior because he got started in junior early with his yeah. birthday, so he can actually go to the minors next year. Uh, he probably needs maybe one year of seasoning, but then he could have been two years of cost controlled player playing in your middle six. So I'm kind of surprised they moved somebody like that that could have been salary cap relief and provided them with production early on. But I see the reasoning for doing the deal, but they paid a steep price, that's for sure. Bailey, your thoughts? It, it seemed like a lot. Uh, it was quite a quite a payment for a Blake Coleman who I, I believe hasn't even hit 40 points in his career. He's a he's a 20 goal, 35 point guy. Uh, but going off what what Kyle said, it was a it was more of a contract move, if anything. I mean, you're getting a guy that's controlled for a couple seasons and um, you know has has a very palatable cap hit at 1.8. And um, I I think we saw that a little bit with the Goodroach great as well that you're getting a cheaper guy that um can come in and play middle six minutes and and play that effectively but it just i don't know i i get that they're going for it and this is this is their really they got two years three years maybe left on this window but it just it didn't really sit right with me like i feel like those assets you know that can do you better maybe in the off season and um but you know this is this is a year where they will feel like they can go for it and they've got a good team and maybe adding a blake coleman puts you over the top but um, I just don't really think Blake Coleman's all that special. I know he has some decent underlying numbers, but um, again, maybe I don't know. Going back to the JT Miller trade, comparing you know what they got for him, everyone was raving that they they got the Canucks first round pick, and then to flip it now for a Blake Coleman, it just doesn't seem like yeah, it doesn't seem like great asset management to me. But um, I could be proven wrong, uh, and you know I guess we'll see. Yeah, there you go. So staying in Tampa Bay here, we're actually going to talk, keep jumping around days here. So the Barkley-Goudreau trade has <laughs> drawn some major, major, major criticism. And I think if you know basically anything about Barkley-Goudreau, not saying he's a bad player by any means, but let's be real, this is a guy who has... 24 points a season, highest he's ever scored in the NHL, uh, I think is... This year. Yeah, this year. And his previous, like, highest total is in is 17 last season. And they, we witnessed the Tampa Bay Lightning give up a first-round pick and a an AHL player for this Barkley Goudreau. <laughs> so... San Jose fleeced Tampa Bay. There's no, I don't think there's a question about that. But Kyle, you're you're kind of doing this a little. You're nodding your head a little. Like there is a third round pick, a Philadelphia pick going back, but a first a first bears so much more value. Yeah, no, no doubt it does. Uh, the way I would look at this when I look at this trade, I'm going to remove the American Hockey League player there on the uh, yeah. Anthony Greco. I don't I don't know anything about him. He's pretty irrelevant. Okay, 26 awesome. years old. Perfect. Yeah. Because I'm planning to just remove him from yeah. analyzing. No, this. you're so, good. So really, you moved back, I think this is Philly's third rounder yes. that they're acquiring. So you moved back, let's say, 50 spots in the draft. Right. Which is a fair amount. But yeah. this pick was going to be very late in the first round. I think often the difference for team, when GMs look at it, when they look at the difference between number 30 and number 45... 
I've heard that a lot of GMs say a lot of times in draft classes, that isn't even that big of a difference for them. Right. Except for the fact that fans put a lot of stock on it because it's a first round first, as opposed to the, a second The round. named first round yeah. pick. Yeah. And I understand this is a third rounder, but you look at Barkley Goudreau, he is kind of in a same way on one of these. He's on, He has one more year left on this deal. This yeah. At 9.25 a year, same as we see with the one year left on Coleman's deal. So I think it's a player they like that they think can fit into their forward group and they see is helping them now and next year to kind of maximize a two-year window to kind of go for it. I look at both these trades and they feel like deadline deals now and again next year. Like it feels like you've acquired two players that can help you over the next over the next 12, you know, 15 months to go for it twice. Right. Um, so, yeah, like, does it feel like a lot to give up? Yes, but I, I would almost tend to lean. I'd lean towards the Sharks won the deal, but it's also, like I, I mentioned earlier, easier to win when you're the um, when you're the lesser team trading players to get picks. Um, I, I don't mind the deal. I kind of trust Tampa with what they're doing here. I think Barkley Hudo is going to fit well with them. All right. Like I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that Barkley Goudreau is gonna be uh, I'm not sitting here saying he's a bad player. He's a, a good middle six asset on many good NHL teams. That being said, I'm just of the mindset that you probably could have got they, they probably could have went out and got a better player. I think that's that's my bottom line here on this. Like giving up a first a late first, obviously, for a guy uh, who does uh, 24 points NHL career high. I don't know. Yeah, I can understand your your argument, right? Like you take a look at a player like Tyler Ennis that was moved from uh, moved from Ottawa yeah. over to Edmonton. They gave up what a fifth round pick to get him. He's a winger as well. He plays the right side, same as Goudreau. Yeah, he had 14 goals and 19 assists this year for mm-hmm. 33 points in 61 games. So. On a pure numbers basis, a little bit better. He's thirty. He's on an expiring. Yeah. But I, I can see what your, your your argument there. It can be made, but I think they think they have something. They think they have something in this player. Right. I understand that. And one thing I will say about Barkley Goudreau is he's just on a minimum contract. Yeah, and it's and it's one more year of it too. Yeah. So they got they got. Basically the same deal as Blake Coleman, just paying a little bit less. And I think they're also looking at, we've got to find pieces that can play in our top nine that are dirt cheap and that are good. And I think they they looked at it and they said, we are going to spend draft picks on guys that help us put together the best team we can underneath the cap. Because this is a team, every single dollar counts um, when it's a team like this right now. So I think they just looked at it and they said, "We we need to solidify our middle six. And they, they've got two guys that are cheap this year and next year. So I, I kind of like what they did. Okay. That's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I, I can tend to be an unpopular opinion guy. I respect that. I just, I see the reason why, I can see why for Tampa, these deals and these players were worth more than people think they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I just want to interject. I, I think it was a bad Yeah, we haven't heard you, heard from you in a while. Missed you. Yeah, I... You know, I think it was a bad deal for Tampa Bay um, for a few reasons. Uh, one, their forward depth is already is already plenty good. I, I don't think adding a Blake Coleman's putting you over the top, and they already put their eggs in in the Blake Coleman basket. So adding Goudreau, um, uh, I, I just don't think adding Goudreau really really does much for them. Uh, you're adding, um, you know, you sure you're adding a cheap player, but that's uh, not adding a whole lot to your group aside from that. And they have 
uh, you know, they had Yanni Gord and Tyler Johnson, two guys that are making over five million on their third line. You're adding, you know, you're you're shelling out a first round pick to add to that third line. That's not really. Um, I, I just don't really think that's really doing a whole lot for them. And I get that they're going for it, and you need cost controlled players. But if anything, I would have left the group as is and uh, kept that first round pick and, and used it in the summer. If you need to blow up your team, you can, you know. Uh, you can package that with a Tyler Johnson or a, a Yanni Gord to get out of a deal that maybe you're regretting a little bit. Because I'm looking at that team right now, and they got a few, a uh, few too many players making too much money. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With with a decent no, no, amount no. of term as well. So you could have used that Goudreau, um, you could have used that pick to package that along and shake up your team a little bit more if it doesn't go well this this year. But um, you know, it's one way to go. Maybe they see something in, in him that we just don't. I I I can't really speak on. Uh, on the fact that I, I, I really know nothing about Barkley Goudreau other than that he just was traded for a first-round pick. So Yeah, yeah I think I think you look at this, like it's amazing when you look at this uh, Tampa team up front, you mentioned some of the money. Um, they actually only have like three players in their like 15 forwards that are under contract that are uh, not signed into next year. The oh only guys that aren't signed into next year are Patrick Maroon and Anthony Sorelli. So you're talking about two guys, and Sorelli's going to be an RFA and is going yeah. to command some money, and they, like, he's he's their top, he's their second line center right now. So they're obviously going to have to look at ways. Maybe he's going to have to go, or they're going to have to make a deal this summer um, to move on some move on from some money to try and free up some space. But I, I think you look at this group; they're really poised to be able to make another run at it again next year, um, and maybe you make some moves if you end up winning a cup and you decide you want to start to make some start to shed some money and, and yeah. build for the future. But I, I think I can just see why you did it. But Bailey makes a lot of good points where, you know, maybe maybe those first-round picks or one of those first-round picks could have been a useful asset to get off uh, Tyler Johnson, for example, mm-hmm. right? Which is really, when you look at their books, the real one that sticks out. Now, he has an NTC, but um, you could have maybe used a first-round pick to move off somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. So, staying in the Atlantic division here, we're going to go... Over to Boston. And in typical trade deadline Boston fashion, they pick up a pretty prototypical Boston Bruins player in Andre Kasha. So going to the Anaheim Ducks was David Backus. Bruins are going to be retaining 25% of his big contract. The And Axel Anderson, as well as a 2020 first-round pick. So for this upcoming draft... Another late first going to another one of these lower teams just for Andre Kasha. Bailey, what do you think? Uh, I liked it. I it was it, it took less to get out of the Bacchus deal than I thought. Um, mm-hmm. I found out later that I think they retained 20, 25% of the deal. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. Um, I, so yeah, that, there's, it's I think 25. The, yeah, so the deal made a little more sense when I heard that. But uh, that being said, you're getting out of a bad deal for the most part. Um, you're, you're giving up a late first. And you're getting a player back that kind of becomes your, um, maybe not your rental, but I, I think he's got another year left, Akasha, but um, he becomes your your deadline ad in a way. So you're kind of um, killing two birds with one stone. I thought it made sense for them. They also have a lineup that really didn't need a whole lot of tinkering. I think I saw that they were maybe in on Pajot for a bit, but that would have costed you that first round pick and you wouldn't be getting rid of David Backus. So um, I, 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 I like the move a lot for them. Um you know, David Backus, you know, from Anaheim's point of view, I think they probably could have got a better return. I wouldn't have taken on David Backus for, you know, for giving up what they did. Um, 
I feel like Andre Kasha could have gotten you a second round pick. So why would you take on 75% of a David Dacus cap it just to get a late first? But It's only one uh, year, though, and you're not even yeah. going to be competitive next year. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I thought the, the return was a little underwhelming from Anaheim's point of view. But, um, you know, again, I'm sure if, if that is the case, um, you know, then they, you know, a lot of other teams are getting some nice, uh, you know, that's kind of your price point now for a, maybe a Louis Erickson move in a year. Um, and right. that, that same year, that Andrew Ladd, you know, David Backus, Kyle Poso year, that was a brutal summer. So that there's a lot of bad contracts to go around. And, um, one, I guess one less team to take on a bad one. Would you would you give up our Vancouver's first round pick next year to get out of the Louis Erickson contract this summer? No, no. but uh, neither would I. I was just curious. It, it it would make me think though. Like they got a, I, I would rather I would rather chip in a second rounder and get rid of Bearshi. You know, free up a little bit more space. Mm, right. I don't know if that gets it done, but uh, or, or Sutter too. Like you got to get out of one of those deals. Yeah. Yeah, the bear chew. Yeah, the bear chew one's tough. Yeah, me. that's a that's a that's another whole whole different situation. Yeah, as the Canucks have a, a fair amount of those right now. I I liked the move, but I I tend to agree with you, Bailey. I, I thought it was a little less than, you know, it kind of sets the market for what what does it take to get off of six million dollars you don't want on your books. Um, you know, it really kind of maybe costs you less than a first round pick. Uh, so yeah, I was a little bit surprised that the, the price was that low. I did like the deal for for Anaheim. I thought it made some sense. These two teams actually hooked up for one more trade uh, late on on deadline day uh, yep. with uh, Richie making his way to Boston and uh, Danton Heinen from Langley, right yeah. here in Langley, yeah. making his Anaheim. way to Anaheim. Yeah. So so yeah. I, I like the move. It made sense for Boston. I thought it made a lot more sense doing the two deals that they did than it would have if they had gone after Kreider. So, um, yeah, I think I think I like both teams' sides of this one. Yeah, I would I would agree. I'm on. I, I think personally, I'm on the mind. I'm of the mindset that I think Anaheim got a pretty good return. Axel Anderson picked in the second round. He's a, a defenseman. Obviously, not. Probably not going to be a stud defenseman in the NHL by any means, but possible five-six defenseman on a on a decent NHL team at the peak of his career. Uh, I I I'm okay with that if I'm the Anaheim Ducks. In addition, uh, any first round pick, whether it's late or if you're getting a, getting an early second, is a Good pick, in my opinion. So when rebuilding a team, you want guys like that because yeah. they're not—they don't need to be in the NHL next year. They're a year or two years away, typically, from even having a chance to make your club. Yeah, just start stocking the cupboards. Yeah, exactly. So, moving on to Edmonton now. So we're going to talk Edmonton. Edmonton was surprisingly active this trade deadline. Oh. And I really, I really liked watching it. Edmonton, in my opinion, was the most entertaining team uh, to follow this trade deadline. They just, like, surprised everyone with these moves that they were making. So the first one we're going to talk about is the Mike Green deal. Oh. Yeah. So we're going to talk Mike Green first. So going to the Edmonton Oilers is Mike Green, defenseman, uh, a defenseman from the Detroit Red Wings, and going... To Detroit is Cal Brodziak, who had spent the last two seasons, well, sorry, the last season here on the long-term injured reserve 
as well as a conditional fourth round draft pick. So we are going to start with Bailey. What do you think? Um, I think they, they were looking for a, for a point man on their power play, I think particularly yeah. on their second unit. So yeah. a Mike Green makes a heck of a lot of sense four years ago. Uh, I don't know if Mike Green there makes a whole lot of sense now, but uh, they got him for pretty cheap and, you know, maybe a gamble worth taking and then maybe right. you can uh, build some chemistry with that club. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on it. Like it, it makes sense for them. Why not make a trade for him? Uh, I, I probably would have, would have leaned more towards, uh, um, oh, I'm forgetting the name now of the defenseman in, in uh Chicago there, that Cal- Gustafson, yeah. Eric Gustafson, I, I probably would have leaned more to, towards a him, uh, you know, a Gustafson, because I think, you know, you have a better chance of maybe retaining him beyond this year, and uh, there's a little more to work with, right. Green's obviously in the twilight of his career, but, uh, but yeah, it makes sense, and um, didn't really give up a whole lot, so. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Bailey basically covered everything we needed on that trade. Yeah. I did have one thing though that I saw on Twitter that I wanted to I thought was really cool. Um, I was watching the just the quick little scrum when Mike Green arrived uh, to join the Oilers, and yep. he was saying that he got pulled right before the the warmups. Oh, uh, they, they, he was about to go out for warm up for yeah. the game, and they said, "Hey, go back into the room." He said he went into the room, and Steve Eiserman was there, and he said, "Hey, we've got a deal that can send you to Edmonton." He has a full no trade, for, mm-hmm. for those who don't know. Um, and he said, take the night, go home, talk to your wife, decide if it's something you want to do. Oh, respect. Call, call me in the morning, and if it's what you want to do, we'll do the deal. If it's not, we're good. And he said he called him later that night and said, yeah, I want a chance to go go chase a playoff run. So yeah. I, I thought that was just absolute class. That's awesome. One of the classiest guys out there. I respect Eisenman. that yeah, so I much. Yeah, I thought it was, it was really classy, and uh, mm. I like that, and I, I I had basically no other thoughts on the trade, so I yeah. thought I'd tell the little story. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a, a good trade. This is uh, it's basically free. Yeah, and I mean like there, it's a rental, right? Mm. Like this is the last uh, year of the two year deal he had signed in Detroit. So yeah, I I think I think it's a pretty good deal for Edmonton. It it adds some insurance there for sure, some defensive depth, which they're without they've been, they've right been, now. Yeah, yeah, and they've been lacking that for the last couple of years here, so yeah, I uh we're going to stay in Edmonton though. So this this in my opinion, my favorite trade of the deadline here. Nice. I agree. Um, I, I, don't, I agree. I totally yeah? agree. Yeah. All right, there we go. So in the Pacific Division Canucks are going to have a, a little more crowded here. They're going to be that that uh, top spot might be a little more crowded. I love this trade. Andreas Athanasiu, former 30 goal scorer uh, of the Detroit Red Wings, alongside Ryan Kuffner, go to Edmonton. They're going to Edmonton in exchange for Sam Gagne, <laughs> 2022nd. And a 2021 second, all from Edmonton. So, Bailey, we're going to start with you. What do you think of uh, Sam Gagne headlining that trade? Well, I mean, with that trade, Detroit just shot up to the ranking. Power <laughs> rank is probably 10th now in the yeah, NHL. Yeah, yeah. So, Sam uh, Gagne's a great hockey player. So good. He had an eight-point game. Yeah. <laughs> never forget. We will never forget. Like, name another player in recent memory that's had an eight-point game. Like, I can't think I of can't. one. So, um, no, but in all honesty... It, I didn't love, love the deal for Edmonton just because uh, a couple second rounders, I think it was. Is that right? Um, yeah. Going the other yeah. way? Two seconds. Yeah, so, 
it wasn't cheap. It, it, it wasn't cheap, but you're getting a 25-year-old that, like you said, had 30 goals last year on a pretty bad Detroit team. And now he's going to play with McDavid. And early returns look good. A couple points last night. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, that's a guy that had 55 points last year on a very, very bad team. You put him with the best player in the league, and that's speed, too. Like, I saw I saw a meme on Twitter uh, just earlier today of uh, McDavid pass that was three feet behind Ennis as well, who they added. Yeah. Um, you know, McDavid's not used to playing with, play- with players that fast. And once yeah. they start clicking, that's going to be a lethal uh, line, I think. Uh, I Anthony, see you. One thing that doesn't really get talked about a whole lot is he's really pretty poor defensively. Um, so you know there is that to mention as well. But uh, with McDavid, you're adding him to score goals and play alongside him. Uh, so that's a nice add for them. Yeah, I I, I agree. He feels uh, like a perfect player to buy low on to play with to play with McDavid. Hundred um, percent. You know, I know. Yeah, I, I I really like the fit, and I think it's a kind of player that they're going to look to sign and make give a long-term home here, but can also help them in the short term. Um, I also, you know, to get a little into the, the depth of it, I actually kind of like that prospect that came back to Edmonton, too, and Kuffner. Yeah. He was, like, very, very elite at Princeton his last two years there. He was one of those really high, uh, high-end guys coming out of school that teams kind of covet, you know, similar to yeah. Adam Gaudet or somebody yeah. like that. He, he played the last 10 games of the, of the NHL season with the wings last year after yeah. they signed him as a, as a free agent and he's been struggling down in the minors a little bit this year but only 32 games in the ahl he wouldn't be the first guy to struggle in his first year in pro hockey yeah um he hasn't played this season for bakersfield well no he's just got he's just moved over to bakersfield because that's the Oilers oh, right. team. sorry i'm, I'm, so he's I'm played, looking he, at this he now played, yeah yeah he for played, grand rapids he's played 32 yeah. games with the griffins of grand rapids he's got six goals and three assists yeah so um, and yeah, he'll be joining the Condors Saturday night. Yeah. But um, yeah, the the only thing I think with this is just like you gotta you gotta see. Okay, it's a rental. Is it if it's a rental and he ends up not coming back, it's a little bit of a steep price to pay for a team that's probably not going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think I'm I'm blowing anybody's minds when I say no. that. That's why I think it's a little bit of a long term deal. Um, the one thing I would say too, I think that Puyarvi is going to get moved for picks. Um, before the draft would okay. be my guess. I think Puyarvi's sitting there. It's hard to move him in the regular season, but he's yeah. having a fantastic year. I think they're going to move him and replace, restock the cupboards for some of these picks that they've traded out. Um, one, just, you know, my final piece on the trade, you know, you don't, you never want to break news on a podcast because yeah. it, it never, but... Um, you did. Anthony Seo was injured tonight and left the game, will not return. Yeah. Oilers playing down in Las Vegas. They're down 3 nothing. He left the game with a lower body injury, will not return. Oh, so, that's a tough, tough out if he's gone yeah, for the rest of the and, season. You know, they're already without Yamamoto, who's injured. <laughs> yeah. uh, James Neal's ankle doesn't appear to really yeah. be getting much better. And Yamamoto, who had 21 points in 21 games, yeah, he was a point-per-game guy. Been a huge piece and is really... It's not just been his points. It's been the way that Drysaddle and and RNH have played when yeah. playing with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully that's not a uh, a serious situation. But he did leave the game with a lower body injury. Yeah, that's a tough go. The LBI. Yeah. So that'll definitely uh, if he's out for the while there, that'll definitely uh, at least inc- decrease his contract value for the Oilers. <laughs> so there's that because I can't imagine him not playing well alongside Connor No, McDavid, it seems so. like a pr- we Patrick Maroon played well beside McDavid, if anybody can. And Zach Cassian for a while there. Yeah, so. well, <laughs> Zach Cassian's not kicking people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, 
that's that's a tough tough shout out right there but um anyways we're gonna hey you know what we're gonna stay with blue and orange teams how about that oh, okay. we've never we've never gone with colors on this okay so i think it, why not? i've got it worn down to two teams i think you're going to one of two teams Yes, uh, you you well, can see my, my computer my screen, my, but yeah, yes. my my two teams were going to be Florida or New or uh, New York Islanders. My guess is we're going New York Islanders. We're going to New York. So wow. yes, even though my computer screen is wide open and you can see the trade here, Jean Gabriel Pajot, who was playing very well for Edmonton this season, and a couple surprising names, sorry, in Ottawa, a couple surprising names coming out of there this season, and to Ottawa, a conditional first round pick. The 2020 first-round pick shifts to a 2021 if the Islanders pick is in the top three this year, and as well as a 2020 second-round non-conditional and a 2022 conditional third-round pick uh, that will only transfer to the Senators if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup this year. Probably not happening. So enjoy your second and first-round pick from New York. Kyle, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought the deal, I thought the deal made sense. Um, you know, the Islanders looking to looking to add a nice player up the up the middle. So I did I did like the deal for them. But uh, you know, the other part of this that you got to talk about is the is the contract. You know, yeah. they they go ahead and sign sign him to this to this big deal. Um, I thought it was for a decent amount of money, but it was a lot of term for him. So. I'll be interested to see uh, Bailey. What did you What did you think of the contract side of that deal? Uh, it was six years. I'm just trying to find the cap hit, but for for I, what I remember, seeing, you you talk. I'll look it up. Decent. Yeah, it was around. I want to say it was around five, um, which I think is pretty reasonable. And I think that's what made obviously the the contract extension was part of the deal. And I think that made the Islanders much more comfortable with giving up maybe a little bit more than they were hoping to because that's a. From I, I think if I'm right, serves me correct. First, second, and third round pick. So yes, um, a, a pretty pretty hefty price to pay for a guy that you know he's having a career year this. Team. I did want to talk a little bit about Tyler? I I don't want to jump right here, but um, the move they didn't make that they almost did for Parise. Uh, yeah, but we can keep talking about Pajo first. Yeah, I was just gonna just gonna say there it was it was five million dollars for for Pajot, the the full yeah. no the full no trade for two years and then going to a modified NTC. But I I was I, I thought it was very interesting the idea that they were gonna make that move and we were gonna see uh, Parise shifting uh, and Andrew Ladd coming back the other way. I was shocked when I saw that. Obviously, it didn't end up happening, and I think that may have only been because. The trade leaked out, and Lou Lamorello decided he was out on it. Yeah. Um, I also think there was a. I think it was one of those things that they maybe jumped the gun on the discussions, and it was actually there was a lot of things that needed to be worked out. Anytime you're dealing a guy that's basically dead money and he's got six years left, um, it's a little tricky. So I think that may have been may have been a part of it. Yeah, I think too. Like we never we don't know. Well, yeah, this is a this is a move that just makes more sense in the offseason, I think, for one. Um, I was shocked totally. to hear that that was, a, that was a move that was coming together during the deadline. It just doesn't seem to have that fit when you have so much dead money and, I guess, term uh, moving. Um, but, 
Yeah, I, there, there had to have been more to the deal, and I'm sure it'll get revisited by both teams, or at least one of those players will be on the move in the summer um, if they're exploring that. But uh, there, there just had to have been more than that. There's no way it would have been a swap or um, smaller parts because Parise's got a lot of money uh, left on that deal, and I think six or seven years left. And for Ladd, that's just straight dead money. That's not a guy that's going to play for your lineup. So both teams giving up... Uh, some pretty bad assets, if I'm being honest. I guess maybe from the Islanders' point of view, they want the player that could step in if they were going to spend that money. They wanted a guy that was going to step in and, and make an impact because Parise is still half decent. But uh, a weird a weird deal, and I was kind of hoping to see it come together just to, I guess, make fun of both teams for it. But um, yeah, it didn't, and I guess we'll, uh, we'll see if it kind of transpires in the summer again. Yeah, for sure. Another big trade in the Metropolitan Division here is the Vincent Trocheck. Oh yeah, trade. Uh, this was an, another kind of cool trade. Uh, personally, I I've been a big fan of Trocheck. He's one of those guys that once you watch him play, you're like, holy, this guy's actually like really good hockey player, great play driver. So we saw Vincent Trocheck, the only uh, player dealt from the Panthers in this trade, go to the Carolina Hurricanes in return for Eric Howla, Lucas Walmark. Etu, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher this name, but here we go. Etu or Etu <laughs> Luo Starinen. I think that was pretty close. Lu, l- let's try this again. Three, two, one. Luo, st- Luo Starinen. Luo Starinen. <laughs> you say it fast, as no one knows. Luo Starinen. So, and then uh, Chase Prisky as well. So, Trocek, not too long ago. Also on a very team-friendly deal right now. He's going to be signed through the 2021-22 season on a $4.75 million cap hit. Not bad. Trocek has battled some injury issues. Uh, A lot of people saying that he's probably come back from his injuries a lot faster. Apparently that's the kind of guy he is. Just a major competitor. Great to have in the locker room. But 2017-2018 season, Vincent Trocek in... A full season played. He sorry. He played a full season, and the numbers are very nice. He had seventy five points in eighty two games in the 2017-2018 season. So Bailey, what do you think of this trade and this fit for the Carolina Hurricanes? For the Hurricanes, I really liked it. Okay. Um, I heard that the Panthers were kind of looking to shed some salary. The ownership group there kind of wanted them to. Yeah. And I, I think this is the Hurricanes taking advantage of that situation and going, you know, we we can give up on a expiring, you know, UFA and Howla, who we got for next to nothing last summer, and get a long term fit with Trocheck maybe on their second line. Um, I, I don't know much about the other the other uh, parts of that deal, uh, the prospects and yeah, um, kind of depth pieces. But so Luo Starnin. Lustarnin, uh is a he was a second round pick, pretty late second round pick by the Hurricanes in the 2017 draft, and then Prisky on the other hand, and uh, what's his name? Lustarnin is, is a forward, so he's a centerman, and then Prisky a a later a later pick for sure. He He's a defenseman, and he's actually playing like quite well this season. I don't know if you know about him at all. He 
31 points in 52 games for Charlotte in the AHL this season. It's so pretty, not, it's pretty good defensively. Not, yeah. Or, no, or, I guess. Sorry, or, offensively. Yeah, no, sorry, for, offensively. For a, a guy you get later in the draft, but I don't, I don't really know. I don't have too much information on local, either of these. Local kid dudes yeah, from Florida. Yeah. So either of these prospects, I don't have too much information on, but Howla and Walmart should be able to add some some good depth to Florida. That's one thing I will say they are getting in return because I think their bottom six has struggled a lot this season. That's been a pretty common theme for them. When their star players aren't on the ice, they've really struggled, right? So I think that is one plus that the Panthers can take home from this, but they did lose a, a really special player in my opinion. So. Yeah, and I think the big thing too, like Talon wanted to switch things up because they hadn't been good as of late. Uh, but I would have I would have just moved to UFA our expiring deal like a Dadnov or a Hoffman got something in return there rather than giving up a Trocheck who's on a decent deal and has been a good player there. Um, you know, obviously they like those prospects they got, and Walmart can step in and be a be a player for them maybe in that middle six. And Howla I think is is pretty good too. He had a really good year a couple of years ago in Vegas. So um, I don't know. It's it's kind of a sideways move for them. But if if there's any truth to the cost cutting kind of um, going on in Florida there that they want to shed some money. That's kind of disappointing. I think for them, they just had a big summer yeah. and now they're kind of already not giving up, but taking a, taking a bit of a step back. It's a, it's a little disappointing. And Caroline, I would say is the winner of this deal because they're getting the best player and, um, and, and they're getting a player that's really going to help them on a playoff run here. Yeah, yeah. I think for them too, they, they turn, Speaking of Florida, they turned two player, you know, they turned one player to two NHL players now, right. and two prospects. So I, I see why they do it. I, I don't think the Panthers got better, that's for sure. But I can yeah. see where this feels like a deal where you're thinking next year, you're thinking into the future, you're thinking, ah, let's move off because, like you said, if, if you're looking to, you know, like you mentioned, like you know, you look at like a player like Hoffman, who I I, I expect would be moved to a contending team. Yeah. Uh, especially after when I woke up in the morning and saw they had made this deal, I was like, oh, Hoffman's got to be getting yeah. moved. Um, but I think they, they looked at it and they said, okay, you know, he wouldn't make sense to move because he's going to, ex- his contract's expiring. Let's, let's move some money now. Let's move some future money so that we can add, and let's add two players that can help us now. So I would tend to agree with you, Bailey. I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised by the decision and that this is the way they did the deal, but I don't know. I, I like what Florida did, adding two two centermen that can help them now yeah. and adding two prospects. I, I don't mind it. I, I I see both sides, but definitely the best player goes to Carolina and helps them now. Yeah, for sure. Another quick uh, shout out to Carolina here. They actually made some moves for some defensemen. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's the Vatnin trade, and then did. Am I am I mistaken here, or did they make another trade for another notable defense? Brady Shea. Brady Shea. That that is it from New York. So, um, we'll 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 briefly touch on on this. Not the most relevant information here, but this is this is this really is just a a push to get in a playoff spot while mm-hmm. Dougie Hamilton's gone there. They're experiencing some very unfortunate injuries uh, on that blue line right now. Luckily, they still got Jacob Slavin in the fold. However, uh, things are things are getting a little interesting, a little more dicey in Carolina, a little, a little more dicey than expected. I think uh, before the season, I was pretty confident 
uh, on Carolina. But I don't mind this trade. And the Trocheck deal, in my opinion, also addresses a a good a good topic for them as well. What do you guys think of this? We'll start with you, Bailey. Sorry, I okay. I, I usually throw it over to someone. Man, I'm off my game yeah, today. It's hard when you're not making eye contact. I wasn't sure if Kyle yeah, was no. going to step in, but no, you're uh, good. Yeah, yeah. I guess going to to the Brady Shea deal. Um, yeah, for New York, it totally makes sense because yeah. they've got a couple of young defensemen there that have stepped up, uh, especially Adam Fox. And I have D'Angelo. Tony uh, Tony D'Angelo in, in fantasy hockey, and I've loved him. I got Adam great. Fox. Big, He's not as good yeah. as D'Angelo in fantasy, but. But uh, but both good defensemen, and so I think Shea was kind of pushed a little bit out there, um, or at least they, they were more comfortable giving more minutes to those guys and yeah. some other guys on the rise there. Um, and he's got five years left on his deal, so that's a that's a move for the future as well for Carolina. They see him being a part of there. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people were, were saying Carolina really won the deadline because they made these moves, and I think just because you're active doesn't necessarily mean you win it. I think we right. oftentimes see see a you know a notable player coming one way and say and they've got term we say yeah they, they won they won the deadline but i'm not sure if i love brady shea on the hurricanes we'll, we'll see they they already have a lot of really good defense in there and maybe they're going right. hey we'll we'll just add more to this group and make it you know an insane d group and like you said hamilton's injured so that makes a little more sense but uh i like the vatman move i think more just because that's you know a pure rental from their standpoint yeah. and that's a guy that i think plays more of the of the Dougie Hamilton role, which is kind of an offensive quarterback um, defenseman. So, so that move makes a lot of sense to me. The the Brady Shea deal is maybe a bit of a question mark, but they had a couple second round picks from, you know, getting one from the Marlowe trade uh, in the off season. So right. um, that, that again, just to, to recap, I guess I would say that to me was a bit more of a lateral move, but the, the Vatnin deal was one that I really liked. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, I'm going to be honest, I don't really see Vatnin resigning in Carolina. I don't know about you guys, but just that's a pretty loaded up decor there and mm-hmm. I I don't think either Shea or either Brady Shea or Sammy Vatnin, there one of those two is not really gonna have a place. And yeah. that's probably gonna be the guy with the expiring contract. Yeah, the guy, not so. the not the guy with the uh, with the five year deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, one thing I'll just say too, you look at this Carolina decor the nice thing, too, is I think, like you said, they see Shea as, as a long-term piece of it, but you, you just needed a piece to get you by now because you've got, obviously, you've got Dougie Hamilton coming back, who is arguably one of, you know, the five, ten best defensemen in the NHL, probably leaning towards five more than number ten. Um, and then you look at, um, you know, Hayden Flurry, who's really started to come into his own here for them, a former high first-round pick who yeah. kind of wandered for a couple years. And then you look at uh, Jake Bean, who was just back in the 2016 yeah. draft, was a first-rounder, former Calgary Hitman player. He's been having a really strong year. I believe yeah. he was actually an all-star in the American Hockey League this year with Charlotte. So um, I, I'd be interested to see, you know, maybe he can make a step up and he can, you know, you're going to have a really, really strong decor here. But they're trying to make the playoffs right now. It's important for that market. And uh, he's the player, you know, you can look and just grab a guy like Vatnin and it's just, a, it's probably the best D-man rental that you could yeah. kind of go out and get. Yeah, it was. That's yeah. pretty, I think that's pretty objective. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is the last trade we're going to touch on here. You're yeah, I was going to say one up. more thing about the Trocheck one. Um, if you look at, like, what that gives uh, Carolina now when they're healthy as, like, a top nine, 
You know, you've got Sveshnikov, Aho, and Terravine in the first line. Fogel, Stahl, Williams is kind of their second line. Mm-hmm. And then your third line coming over the boards is, is Niederreiter, who's as hot as anybody. Really good player. Um, and can get as hot as anybody. Yeah. Martin Niekas, who I've gotten a chance to see a couple times yeah. now this in the past couple weeks, and he's a really talented player. I also saw him at the World Juniors last year where he was great. Yeah. And then now you add Trocek as their center. That's arguably the best third line in the NHL now. It's true. So, this is a this is a scary team. Now they yeah. just got to get into the playoffs, and they got to stop a shot because David Ayers is not going to be. Uh, yeah, I don't I mean, know if David Ayers is going to be pulling pulling too many wins out of his behind for much longer. Yeah, you got two. You got two injured. Goal, two, you injured got two injured. Two injured goalies right now. Two so. injured goalies who Morazic has been quite good yeah. uh, over at Carolina. So last trade that we're going to talk about here is goalies. Robin Leonard. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. What the for okay. This for me was like one of the more surprising ones. I like this is the one where there's always that trade that you're like you double take at your phone, you know? I'm like, oh Robin Leonard gets traded. Robin Leonard gets traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. So Robin Leonard is gonna be sliding back into a, a backup role here as uh going the other way to Chicago is Malcolm Subban. Slava Demin, who is playing at the University of Denver right now, uh, late draft pick in the, I believe, 2018 draft. Yep, fourth rounder. So uh, a mid, a mid, mid round pick, and then lastly a second round pick that belongs to the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is yeah, again, like caught me off guard. This is a guy we were talking about in Vesna conversations last year. He was a nominee, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know how I feel about this. It's kind of a weird one. Uh, Bailey, we're gonna start with you. I I think this is probably the best move of the deadline. Whoa. Uh, I think Vegas may have won the deadline with this one move because, oh man, for a lot of reasons. One, they they tacked on next to nothing on their on their cap. Yeah. Uh, Toronto actually retained a bit of salary in this one, and then uh, Chicago as well. Um, man, like like you're saying, Tyler, like Leonard had an, a phenomenal year last yeah. year, and he's looked good this year too. Yeah, um, Chicago. Chicago's and Chicago's not an easy team, team to look good on right now. So no, like like uh, look, just looking at his basic stats, like his his goals against is pretty atrocious, but his save percentage is right up there with some of the league's yeah. best again this year. And um, you're adding like the, I think that the the one weakness I saw in Vegas uh, this year was their goaltending. In that, not not Flurry. Uh, Flurry's having maybe a bit of a down year. Yeah. But Malcolm Subban, and you know if Flurry went down or if he's not having a good game. You're still sticking with Flurry because yeah. uh, you know there's just not there's not any insurance there. Malcolm Subban, um, while he might be the best Subban now, but you know yeah. he's he's not a good he's not a great player. And no. so by adding Robin Leonard, you now you give. I mean, we know what Flurry can do in a, in a tandem, right? He's won multiple Stanley Cups in you know playing as a tandem with Matt Murray. Yeah. Now you're giving him. Robin Leonard, who was right in the conversation last year, you yeah. know, in the Vesna conversation, a more than he has capable a lot of goaltender there. Yeah, and yeah. he has a lot of experience playing in a tandem. You know, yeah. playing every other night or playing, you know, one in every three games. Yeah. And, well, people uh, forget man, that's that's everyone forgets that he split. He basically split games with Thomas Grice yeah. last year and got a Vesna nomination. <laughs> and Grice had very pretty much identical stats, which is like crazy. So. Yeah, so I, I love that move. I think it's it's what Vegas needed. That's what they really needed. They needed a solid backup, and they got a they got a one B starter. And 
that's a really scary team. If I'm the Pacific, I, I go, you know what, we'll, we'll give Vegas that, that one seat because they, they just want it with this move, I think. Um, and they're clicking now too. So right. they didn't really have to tamper with that group. I like that they didn't really add uh, forwards. I, I don't think they made any other moves. I could be wrong, but um, they didn't really mess with that group a whole lot. You're adding a, a good backup goaltender who I think um, adds more to that group than just, you know, when he's playing. Um, but uh, I, I honestly did. I really did think it was a great move, and I thought it was probably the best move of the deadline. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a pretty pretty hot take, but honestly, not like I see what he means. Yeah, it's not not a bad take at all. So um, for what they got to improve their chances in the postseason this year, for what they paid, I think it was pretty much the best that was out there. Yeah. If we're talking like a ratio of value kind of thing here yeah you know the matrix yeah of some kind. The ma- yeah. yeah some some weirdos got some stat out there saying that the vegas golden knights won trade deadline so um before we conclude here i just want to talk quickly about the unexpected chris Kreider mm. extension I didn't expect it, like, nope. one bit. I, I was expecting him to get dealt. We're seeing so much buzz around him. Probably the most buzz of all players. I think of all of all guys, I'm like, oh, Chris Kreider's getting moved. That's that's the first name we're going to see. So, Kyle, what, what do you think? You you're, you're, you seem a bit hesitant about this, but... Yeah, to, to me, I would say I, I wasn't that shocked. Uh, I thought... Okay. Yeah, I, I thought there was always the possibility. I just thought they just couldn't come to terms on it on a on a deal dollar wise, but I always felt like they wanted to sign him more than they wanted to trade him. Right. Uh, so they end up coming to an agreement. I think in the end he just decided, ah, oh, this makes more sense doing this than going and getting traded and trying to find it on the open on the open market. So yeah, and, and I think the big thing too for New York is that they were always that the the air started to come out of the trade balloon in a way yeah. for him. You know, suddenly Boston was out. Boston felt like a perfect fit. Yeah. These teams that started to kind of drop off that they could have maybe done a deal with, yeah. and they just said, ah, we could trade them for basically for like less than we thought we could, or we could just go out and resign them. Yeah, and teams like that don't want to get too desperate in, for to sure. like offload to like you end up just Chris Kreider for a second round pick. Like, we, because we have seen that before. For sure. Yeah. So, um, to, to give, provide a little info on the Kreider deal, he's going to be making six and a half million, uh, starting next season. That's an average, average annual value of six and a half million over the next seven seasons here in New York. So until the 2026, 2027 season, wow, I'm having a rough day, um, He's going to be locked up over there in New York. So, Bailey, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's funny because when we did our pre-deadline show, we were talking about how it would be a bit of a boring deadline and Chris Kreider was the biggest name yeah. on the market. And then, Doesn't even in fact, it, it wasn't a boring deadline and Kreider wasn't even moved. So, yeah. kind of ironic, I guess. Um, I think from, from the Rangers' perspective, they got the, the picks they wanted from the Shea deal. And so maybe that made a little more sense for them too. They they felt like you know, hey, we can keep a Kreider, and we got the assets we wanted um, through dealing Brady Shea. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it makes sense. He's he's young enough that he can move together with that uh, that group there that they kind of have, and they're going to be spending money again this summer. Um, and they they might be uh, maybe not contending, but I think they're going to be a playoff spot as early as next year. So 
um, having a guy yeah, like that, yeah. it, you know, it doesn't hurt your your group um, by keeping him around. And um, he's talented enough that maybe he maybe doesn't warrant the six point five that he's going to be making, but um, he's going to make a positive impact. And uh, before we close, Tyler, I did want to mention I was pretty disappointed Joe Thornton wasn't moved. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think Joe Thornton was disappointed. Yeah, that he Joe he, wasn't he wanted to move. There's no question about that. I think he was actually quoted in some interview saying that he was pretty disappointed yeah. that he wanted to move. He was. Man, I really, really wanted to see him go to, a, whether it's a Boston, a Washington, I don't care, Tampa. How is he How is he not moved? I I think it's... Did anybody, maybe like, no, nobody want him, really? I. But who doesn't want know. him? He's only making $2 million this season, so, like, that, yeah, I don't know, man. It was just, like... I just really you like I don't know why a team didn't pounce on him to a certain extent like this like that's a guy who's gonna come in be a leader he's gonna literally like we know for a fact Joe Thornton would give his all right um that being said I think I, I think he is retired has he announced that he's retiring at the end of the season he, he's gotta be I think like I think there's there's no way he started playing in the NHL in it, 1997 it, like it must have been that no <laughs> team wanted him I was yeah. neither of us were born Bailey was the only one born he was a young buck yeah <laughs> so but like seriously how does I guess it, it must have come down to a team not wanting because you got to think the Sharks would have you know done good by his side and taken a seventh rounder or you know who knows what for and basically nothing for him just to give him that shot because he's given so much to the Sharks but yeah um yeah, I guess. I, I mean, that's a that's a player I would have made a move for if I was most teams contending. But yeah, I agree. it is what it is. Yeah, good story too. I think that's yeah. also we we all just want to see Big Joe hoist the cup. The guy deserves it. So, um, actually, I, there was one one more thing I wanted to do quickly. My loser of the trade deadline was Joe Thornton. I know we briefly talked about it. So let's hear a very brief winners and losers. I'll say my winner as well. I think Edmonton Oilers did really well, barring uh, this pending status on the Athanasiu injury. Yeah. Uh, but I think Athanasiu slides right in perfectly with a Connor McDavid. So my winner is Edmonton Oilers, specifically off of the Athanasiu trade. And my loser is poor old emphasis on old Joe Thornton. Kyle, what do you think? Sure, yeah, ah, you, you took my winner. He Did I? Uh, he was going to be my winner, but that is totally fine. You got to go first. It's your show, no. and you select Your him. show, too. Um, You're here <laughs> as much as I am. Let's be real here. Okay, I'm going to say my... Yeah, I'll go with my my loser first. I'm going a little off script. Yeah, no, that's my loser, I went with my loser first. My loser is Nolan Foote. Because he was going to get a chance to play right. with his brother in Tampa. They were yeah. going to get to reunite. And it's really been a tough couple weeks for the Foot family. <laughs> yep. Dad Adam losing his job as the head coach of the Kelowna Rockets. True. Fired him in a Memorial Cup year as they're barely making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, you know, all around the Foot's about a tough go. And he gets traded away. He goes to, a, you know, an objectively a bad team yeah. in New Jersey. When he could have been and possibly tried to make that team in Tampa next year and play with his brothers. So. 100% contribute to that winning. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I'm i going to call Nolan Foot a yeah. loser in this okay. deal. But this may end up resulting in him being able to break into the NHL next year as okay. opposed to having to wait another year. So yeah. And your winner? Yeah, and then for, for my winner, I'm going to pick 
Uh, I'm actually going to pick the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's reason. I thought Bailey laid out very well some reasons to be skeptical. Yeah. But I do think they got a lot better. I really like their group. And, and I think it's cool that that Carolina team is good and that there's a lot of buzz around that yeah. team. And I, I think they looked at it and they said, hey, we've never had more buzz around our team since, since we won the Stanley Cup. 100%. Let's go for it. Let's yeah. get better. And They're actually developing a fan base. Totally. That you know, seems to be pretty willing to stick here. So absolutely. So I was I was excited to see, I was excited to see them make some aggressive moves to be willing to spend some money. So I'll, I'll make them and their fans my, my winner. Bailey, winner and loser. Uh, winner, I'd I'd probably go Vegas just for the reasons I said right. about acquiring oh, winner. I that that, trade. Uh, I understand. That was a, it's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, best trade of the of the deadline for me. Yeah. Um, and they, they also added Alec Martinez, which I didn't mention, but uh, he's a good top four defenseman, and um, yeah, you know, uh, that's, it was that's a probably, probably a good move for them. Yeah, uh, loser for me, uh, this is pretty clear, I think. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres for yeah. giving up a fifth rounder for Wayne Simmons, they are not making the playoffs. What are you doing? Yeah, what, well, why? <laughs> Poor Buffalo, man. They like, they what, just are, like what are they doing? That's they like the bottom Wayne. line, they like him, yeah. Like, I, I, you know what, and when that deal happened, I was so confused, like everyone else with a brain, and then I thought to myself, and I, I saw a lot of people talking about it on Twitter, that they could, you know, retain some salary, then flip him again, and, and move up to maybe a third rounder, uh, but no, they kept him, and that, that makes cool absolutely no yeah, sense. I dig that, but it's Buffalo, they're not going to do something like that. And I would say a close second would maybe be a Tampa Bay, I just didn't really, both uh, moves were a bit head-scratching for me, uh, the Coleman one, they gave up a lot. And uh, the Goudreau one, they gave up way too much for a guy that yeah. is not is not worthy of a first round pick. Yeah, Johnny Goudreau for a first rounder, not worth it. <laughs> I, I've decided to change. I, I I'm going to call it a second winner slash. I've decided to change my winner. Fans of the National Hockey League, yeah, were, were a winner yeah. at this trade yeah. deadline. That wow. was fantastic. It not, was basically everything we didn't want to have happen happened. Yeah, leading in. And, you know, we said, what did we want to see happen? We didn't want to see Kreider not get moved, and we didn't want to see a bunch of deals before the deadline. We got a ton of both, and it didn't even matter because we still got an amazing deadline full of deals and full of meaningful deals. Honestly, I think this is the best take of the podcast. So Thank far. you. I Sorry, Bailey. I, 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 I like the Leonard take. Give another take. The Leonard take would have taken the uh, the cake on that, but Kyle... No, that's a good take by Kyle. Really, really hit close to home there because I'm going to be honest... I'm a fan of the NHL, and I was very happy. Yeah, it was a it was a very enjoyable, exciting trade deadline that had yeah. people talking. And when, when this league is doing trade deadline right, and it's like this, there's no sport that has a better trade deadline. So it got me fired up. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, that is going to conclude our episode, our 25th episode here of the Marcel Sport wow, Podcast. congratulations Thank on you. 25 episodes. I know. We are a yeah. quarter of the way to 100 here, so hopefully we can make it there. That would be pretty cool. Uh, I would dig that. So uh, another another big announcement here. So I'm just going to I'm just going to put this on air right now as my special announcement. I uh, I I'm going to be back on Mars Hill next year as the uh, editor in chief of Mars Hill, dropping a bombshell on you. Kyle. Love it. Yeah. So, editor in chief, Mars Hill, Tyler Jones. The Mars Hill Sports Podcast will be running throughout the entire summer and on to the 2021, 2020, 2021 school year. So, there's a good chance we hit 100 episodes. 
Well, I'll say on behalf of me and all other esteemed guests of the podcast, congratulations on the honor. It's great. And uh, great to. I'm very excited. I've really enjoyed it this year, uh, being the sports editor, and yeah, excited to dang. excited to see where we go with this next year. A couple big things. Yeah, happening. I'll give my two cents as well, Tyler. Um, the first I've heard of it, so congratulations. Thank that's you. Uh, that's big for for T Jones, but that's even bigger for Trinity and for Mars Hill. I think uh, you've making you, you've been making some big moves with with sports, but even just the the paper as a whole. And I'm I'm excited to see where you take this and um, keep killing it, man, because you're building community and you're you're giving the people what they want. Wow, I'm just getting peppered up here. I yeah. dig it. Thank you guys, much appreciated. And uh, that special announcement is going to be the conclusion of our podcast here. So thank you. Kyle Bailey for joining and uh, make sure you check out episode 24. We compiled a bunch of different perspectives on the passing and life and times of Kobe Bryant. So that's actually going to be releasing uh, tonight. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday night. We're recording this Wednesday night. Recording early. Yeah, this is, this is coming out Thursday night. Just a heads up to everyone. I'm pulling all nighter tonight. So. That's just the way. And it's unrelated to unrelated to Marcel's podcast. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, this man's, this man's e, yeah, this man's an EIC now. He's got yeah, big, big. I got things. I got big big fi- big fish to fry. Not bigger ones, just big ones, more big ones. So, anyways, thank you so much for joining, and that's going to conclude episode twenty-five of the Marcel Sports Podcast. Thank you for joining, and bye bye. Have a great weekend.